the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The president came to town. Yep, he arrived at about 345, went directly to Squirrel Hill, and went to the Tree of Life Synagogue, which is where he is right now. And uh, that's even though there were some people who didn't want him to come. There are people in the Jewish community who made it clear that they didn't want him to come. But Rabbi Jeffrey Myers at Tree of Life had said on Sunday that the president was welcome. There were protesters with signs when he got out of his limo in front of the synagogue just a little while ago, about an hour ago. So politics is very much a part of the story, unfortunately. And the media have done their best to keep the political discussion going on. Andrea Mitchell of NBC was interviewing Lou Weiss. He's a member of the Tree of Life Synagogue. And she tried to get into a political discussion with him. And Lou had no interest in going there. Listen. This is a really hard thing to talk about. And I know it's controversial. But it's not just our political leaders. Because we see thousands of people at rallies starting in 2016 and straight through to this weekend, who are cheering hateful speech. Who are we as Americans? I, well, it's a good point. But on the other hand, I really can't think of anything less helpful than to be politicizing this. Whether it's someone uh, cheering Louis Farrakhan, uh, as Linda Sarsour did at the Women's March, uh, on, on, on the left or someone on the right cheering uh, Donald Trump. Um, I think we need to step back from that and stop trying to politicize every aspect of this. I mean, this man hated Jews. He actually hated Trump, as it happens. Right. And, I mean, Jews stand for certain values. And concern for the downtrodden is one of them. And, you know, in a certain sense, uh, he knew where he was going. And he violated the most uh, the most sanctified space that there is. I mean, where, where Jews go to connect with, with their God and, and to pray. And the concept of trying to blame this party or that party or this statement or that statement, I just think it's a dead end. Some people are trying to, you know, discourage Donald Trump from coming to Pittsburgh. He, he should come. We, we want to talk to people. We, we want people to see what's here. We want people to experience Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, you know... It, it, ideas, ideas, don't Maybe scare us. The level or, oh. And um, I, you know, to point this way, this finger or that finger, you know, it, whether we're deplorables or whether it's you know uh, enemies of the people and the press, it, it's 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 just not helpful, and it should be well, toned down, both among people and frankly among among the press as well. Don't think Andrea was expecting him to go there, but he did. Uh, And the protesters, by the way, did show up outside the synagogue. There were signs referring to anti-Semitism as the president got out of the limo with his Jewish son-in-law, who obviously is married to his now Jewish daughter, who's the father of his two Jewish grandkids. At some point, maybe the politics are going to be taken out of this, at least for a little while. But this is the world we live in. Protesters can't pass up an opportunity to make their feelings known. Uh, even in a situation like this. When we come back, we'll talk to Kayla Epstein. She was born in Squirrel Hill, and she's here covering the story for the Washington Post. Stick around. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Steigerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What pre- 
premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole full-lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. The economy is growing, business are hiring and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at theanswerpgh.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at theanswerpgh.com. He can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Now, President Trump is still in Squirrel Hill, but some people who aren't there are the mayor, uh, Bill Peduto, and the county uh, executive, Rich Fitzgerald. They, and neither the uh, Pennsylvania senators are there. And, uh, I, you know, you could I guess you could make a case for keeping all politics, uh, politicians out of it to keep politics out of it. Uh, but I just have a feeling that those people who didn't show up, the mayor and the executive, county executive, they would be there slobbering all over Hillary Clinton if she had shown up for it. So that's, that's politics, too. They just can't get rid of the politics. Meanwhile, Kayla Epstein is here covering the story for The Washington Post. She's a reporter, and she joins us now. Uh, Kayla, thanks for being here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, first of all... Um, is it, do I understand that you are uh, from Pittsburgh and from Squirrel Hill? Yeah, uh, so I was I was born in Squirrel Hill. I was raised here, you know, over on Beacon Street. Um, wow. I left when I was ten, but we still have so many connections to this community, and I've been back uh, a few times, obviously under happier occasions. Sure, um, but yes, I am from Pittsburgh. Do you do you know any people, uh, any of the victims personally? Uh, do you know people who belong to that uh, uh, synagogue? 
So I do not. But mm. the one thing you'll find about the community here is that it's so tightly knit and it's so interconnected that everyone sort of knows everyone. And it's hard to find someone in the community here who doesn't know a friend of one of the victims or doesn't know a relative or wasn't their neighbor. Well, before we get into what you're finding out here in your job, uh, this is this kind of a tough assignment for you? I would think it would be. Um, you, you, uh, it's kind of you have an emotional involvement in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there there have been moments over the last few days. I got here on uh, Sunday where it felt pretty painful. Um, but I do think that I feel better that I am here. I'm home. I'm seeing what's happening. I'm talking to people. I'm witnessing the unity as opposed to sitting back in my desk in Washington, D.C., worrying about everyone and, and sort of not really knowing what was happening. Well, you know what I, I think has happened? I'm sure you've seen some of the national coverage and the coverage that you're doing yourselves at the Washington Post and other papers around the country. Um, one thing that I've noticed, one thing I, I've, I think I've found out some things about Squirrel Hill, and I've lived here all my life that I didn't know. Not that I didn't know that it was a Jewish community and know where it is and all that, but um, it's really coming across what, a, as you just said a minute ago, what a close-knit community it is. And what a, it's kind of a unique community because, um, and I wasn't aware of this, that 50% of the Jewish people who live in the greater Pittsburgh area live in Squirrel Hill. And it's been that way for a long, long time. But it seems to be that it's, it's really, um, I think it's opening up a lot of eyes for people here in Pittsburgh about what kind of a community it is. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, uh, you know, it ha- it's changed a little, but it hasn't changed entirely since my childhood. Uh, you know, it's definitely it's the, the heart of the Jewish community here. Yeah. Now, um, just get to what the, the the covering of the story. How long have you been in town now for this? So, uh, oh, what day is it? Um, I've been here Today's since Tuesday. About, uh, Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. That's <laughs> right. Uh, I've been here since. Uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, I, you know, I saw the news on Saturday morning, like everyone else did. Um, immediately, once I found out that everyone I knew seemed to be safe, um, immediately asked if I could could come and cover this. So I've been here since Sunday. Well, beyond the obvious, you know, facts that you have to get into your story, what's what's been the thing that's impressed you the most about what you found, good or bad? Just some anything that surprised you or jumps out at you about from the couple of days you've been here i mean i'm I'm not surprised since i'm from here but i am impressed at just how quickly this community unified um how everyone here has each other's back so every congregation has each other's back how different faiths too have come together to support the community you have the muslim community you have the christian community um you know the Sikh community uh, for at the vigil on sunday night and, you know, how quickly Pittsburgh marshaled around the most vulnerable at this time and has shown the world just what a wonderful community it is. And um, there's been a lot of discussion about the politics that have been infused into this. Uh, and uh, some uh, there have been different reactions to that. We just had, uh, before you came on here, I ran a clip uh, from a, uh, a guy named Lou Weiss, who's uh, a member of that synagogue, Tree of Life, and Andrea Mitchell asked him a question uh, with a political angle to it, and he just he didn't he was very polite, but he he said it's he's just tired of people insisting on adding politics to this. Do you get any sense of that when you're out here talking to people? Yeah, so I think that the the national conversation, which I dipped in and out of, but I haven't been focusing on as much because I'm embedded in the community. But the national conversation around this is really not what people here in Pittsburgh are talking about. Of course, people are asking questions about how do we make sure our synagogues and our schools are safe. People are asking what measures do we need to take, what needs to change. But I have not heard anyone talking about politics. I have not heard, unless you started asking them today or late yesterday, I really didn't hear anything about the president. Um, People are just trying to look out for each other. People are trying to get through this week, offer support. And, you know, the concerns are very much local here. Um, and I think that the politics of it has sort of started to increase over the last 24 hours. But it's still not really something that people have at the front of their minds right now. You you were, uh, live in Washington, so you're obviously around politics and political uh, commentary and political reporting all the time. Um, 
is is this a and this is this an indication of of maybe the media trying a little bit too hard to find a story that isn't there and that the story is such an obvious thing that you know 11 people were were murdered and shouldn't that just be a, enough of a story there yeah, I mean, again, this is why they sent me, because, yeah. you know, the Washington Post wanted me to focus. You know, they wanted our reporters to be here on the ground and focusing on what the community was saying and what they were doing. But I do agree uh, that, you know, the coverage has become a little bit more focused on the politics, but that's not necessarily, I think, because the media is trying to do anything. It's because the president decided to come. Oh, and okay. when President Trump, when the president of the United States is going to come to a city like this afterwards, Politics are inherent to the conversation, um, especially a president like Trump, who uh, seems to be a president uh, that that uh, brings out strong feelings on both sides. Of the right. Well, uh, Bend the Arc. Are you familiar, or were you familiar with that organization before you came here, and are you familiar with them now? Yes. Yes, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, and they they said that they uh, didn't want him to come, and the rabbi at uh, Tree of Life said he's the president and he's welcome. I, I, I kind of agree with you that it would be better if all politicians stayed out of it, but um, what about the, what about the uh, debate that's going on there? And, and you know, how, do you, how, how much is that divided, do you think, between people glad he's coming and people wishing he didn't come? So I, I just want to say, like, off the top, that I don't think there's any division here. And if you talk to people who are going to some of the protests that are happening this afternoon, um, they will tell you that they think that Pittsburgh will remain unified no matter what happens mm-hmm. today. Um, I do think that there is a sense that if, even if you don't just talk to protesters, there is a sense that right now the community wants to focus on burying its dead right. on mourning. The funerals have just started today. They're going to go for a couple more days. People really wanted to focus on that. Um, and so it, it's... I don't think there's an enormous difference of opinion, frankly. People don't want to talk about politics. They want to focus on what's happening here. Now, there are protests happening today. People um, are attending them for for many different reasons. Some of it is just general outspokenness against hate, against anti-Semitism, against racism. People who want to express support for the Pittsburgh community, for the Jewish community, for Squirrel Hill. So there's that. And then there are people who are upset that Trump is coming. Um... I talked to one protester who said that she believes that his rhetoric uh, is partially responsible for what happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, another person who said that we just want to grieve and, and he is a distraction. Um, and and so I think that the conversation among the people who are inclined to protest is a little more political. But at the funeral that I was at today for Jerry Rabinowitz, no one cared about politics. That was the last thing on anyone's mind. It right. was all about honoring his life. Well, you know, you talked about the, the how the community reacted. I think one of the, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but and I don't know if you've talked to him, but uh, one of the most uh, interesting and powerful things I've seen has been uh, the interviews with the surgeon who had to uh, help save the life of the, the guy who did this, whose name I don't mention on this show. But uh, it was a Jewish doctor who had to see this, man who just killed 11 Jewish people in a synagogue and he had to work on him and there were other Jewish uh people on the on the crew at the hospital working on him and uh, just to hear his response was really something have you talked yeah, to him um, I, I I have not talked to him um but I think one of my colleagues wrote a story about him uh and you know first of all he's a, you know he's a doctor his first obligation is to do no harm but in terms of you know the narrative of, of Jews helping this man um, you know, Jews are taught to, to help others. They're taught to make the world a better place, to bring light into the darkness. This is the core of this religion. And I'm, I'm not surprised if they rose to the occasion. What, what, do, you, what do you think uh, is going to be the aftermath of this, it, it, locally and nationally? So uh, locally, I think that Pittsburgh will continue to be the very close community that it is. I think Everyone here says they want it to remain open. They want the doors to remain open. They want people to be able to move in between congregations as they please, as has often happened. So many people's doors are open to their fellow Squirrel Hill residents here. But there have been conversations happening about how to ensure that this never happens again. So some of the synagogues 
are looking into what they can do to enhance their security while still making their congregation a welcoming place. Um, I talked to the rabbi of yeshiva schools, which is an Orthodox school, so very visibly Jewish, would be a target for another person who had similar motives. And they were saying, we don't want our doors locked, we want our doors open. But at the same time, people need to feel safe when they walk into this building. So finding that balance uh, is a big next step, I think. Yeah, I had a a guy on yesterday on the show uh, who has worked with churches and I think synagogues too and, you know, other uh, organizations to teach them how to be prepared for this and how to react when something like this happens. And the first reaction, uh, uh, I think one of the reactions I heard to Donald Trump saying, um, you know, that the the armed guards would have helped, they said, we don't we don't want. Uh, any armed guards in our our places of worship, but there's also a side I think that um, you know where you do want to be in in position where you can prevent something like this or reduce the the severity of it by having some kind of uh, plan in place. Right, absolutely. And you know, I talked to a, a mother, 28. She has three children. I talked to her uh, the day after the shooting, and she said. Every time I drop my kids off at school, I worry for a second, is this school safe enough? Are they protected? Am I going to see them again? And I think that, uh, you know, again, going back to that sense of openness, people want to maintain that character. But, it, you know, indeed, I think that every every single school, every Jewish institution here is going to do what they think is best uh, to protect their communities. And I just want to ask you, Kayla, we're talking to Kayla Epstein of the Washington Post, who's here covering the story uh, of the Tree of Life. Um, I just want to ask you, as a Jewish person, as a Jewish person in the in the media, um, what, how much of a problem, I know this is a, uh, you can't answer this in a 30-second answer, but how much of a problem is anti-Semitism for you? And, and how much of a problem is anti-Semitism in the United States? Not the kind you hear about you know, on uh, in a situation like this, which is obviously anti-Semitism, I'm talking about day-to-day, in your daily life. How often do you run into it, or how often do you become aware of it? Well, in my personal experience, I'm, I'm lucky that I don't experience it that often, except for the occasional Twitter troll. Um, and they're doing that to get a rise out of me. Uh, you know, you said... It, it's certainly not something that can be summed up in 30 seconds. I think anti-Semitism clearly is a problem in this country, um, and hate speech is a problem in this country. And uh, but, but for me personally, I'm very lucky to have uh, wonderful colleagues. Um, I every time I've gone out reporting, and I, I have gone to Trump rallies, and, and no one has attacked me for being Jewish. Um, I have you know always felt safe. But obviously, there are things happening in this country that would make you feel not safe, and, and that is the kind of environment we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, Kayla, I appreciate you uh, being on with us, and uh, I, I, I wish you could be coming back to Pittsburgh under better circumstances, uh, but uh, um, I hope you get your, your, your work done and, and uh, everything works out for you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, thank you, Kayla. Appreciate it very much. And that is Kayla Epstein of the Washington Post, and I'm sure she's going to be here for a little bit while, a little bit longer. Uh, the president, as uh, the last we looked, was at uh, UM, UPMC Presbyterian Hospital, apparently visiting the uh, the uh, law enforcement people who were shot and the victims. Yeah, uh, the victims who were injured. Um, I wanted to before we go to the uh, break. Uh, this is a good piece um, written by Carol Markowitz. And the headline, it's on National Review Online, Conservatives Don't Get the Moron. I'll just read you the first paragraph. Uh, In the aftermath of terrible events, there are calls for unity. For Republicans, it's always except you. After every horrible mass shooting, when we should be mourning together, looking for solutions to stop future attacks, consoling the families of the victims, there's an immediate rush to make sure conservatives know they do not belong to the wider American community. We'll be back. We're going to talk about the 14th Amendment and anchor babies when we come back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. 
Senator Lindsey Graham says he will introduce legislation to end birthright citizenship. The announcement from the South Carolina senator follows a suggestion from President Trump that he could accomplish the same thing through an executive order. Graham tweeting, finally, a president willing to take on this absurd policy of birthright citizenship. Graham says he'll introduce legislation along the same lines as that suggested by Mr. Trump. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. More than a thousand people have poured into one of Pittsburgh's largest synagogues to mourn the two developmentally disabled brothers who were killed in Saturday's massacre. Rabbi Jeffrey Myers says Cecil and David Rosenthal were the very definition of beautiful souls at their joint funeral Tuesday at Rodef Shalom. On Wall Street, the dropped by 432 points. The Nasdaq rose 112. The S&P advanced 41. This is SRN News. Are you interested in trading stocks as a way to generate extra monthly income? Then listen up. Before you waste time or money on another service, you really need to learn about the online trader community that everyone is talking about. This is the group that allows you to trade with their money. That's right. When you complete their training program, Apiary Fund will gladly put up to $100,000 of their own money into your trading account. And the best part? You get to keep up to 85% of the profits without putting in a dime of your own money. Apiary Fund's trader development program is produced seriously amazing results and as a special offer today they are allowing our listeners to get started for free just text the word buzz to 48542 to join apiary's trading program now learn how to trade using their money not your own to get started just text buzz to 48542 that's b-u-z-z to 48542 to join the apiary trading community today text buzz to 48542 that's buzz to 48542 Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got some restrictions continuing for the presidential visit in Squirrel Hill, Wilkins Avenue, between Murray Avenue and Beachwood Boulevard. And we also have an accident inbound 28. It's off to the shoulder of the Highland Park Bridge, but it is causing a backup. And we're seeing delays on the Parkway North, outbound Mount Nebo Road overpass up to the Parkway North. Parkway West, really heavy inbound from 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound Parkway East delays from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at your traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
times of clouds and sunshine this afternoon and becoming a bit milder with a high of 56. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight, low 48. Tomorrow, plenty of clouds, breezy and milder. There'll be some rain at times in the afternoon, high 65. Thursday, cloudy and cooler with periods of rain, high 53. More rain is likely on Friday. I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, President Trump made it uh, clear today, uh, made it known today anyway, that he is interested in uh, an executive order that would make it not possible for anchor babies to uh, exist anymore in America. That's when a baby is born to an illegal immigrant or someone who's not a citizen of the United States, automatically becoming a citizen. There's a problem with that because of the 14th Amendment. So uh, that needs to be cleared up. And we have with us right now Amy Schwerer. She is the legal policy analyst for Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Amy, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So does the citizen clause in the 14th Amendment mean what it says the way the Second Amendment means what it says? Is citizenship a birthright, I guess, is the question. Well, it absolutely means what it says. The the question becomes, what does it actually say, and what did it mean at the time of passing? Uh, So the 14th Amendment, the Citizenship Clause, says that, quote, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. Uh, so what we see there is that there are two prerequisites for citizenship. First, that the person is born in the United States, or at least for purposes of birthright citizenship, born in the United States, and second, that they are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So the question becomes, what does it mean to be subject to the jurisdiction thereof, which you know, clearly is something different above and beyond being born just in the geographical boundaries of the United States. So that's what this whole discussion really comes down to, is what did that clause, that subject to the jurisdiction thereof, mean to the individuals who who drafted and ratified the 14th Amendment? So it is an amendment, so it wasn't in the original document. So why was it considered necessary? I think this is the 150 years ago that it was, uh, this year that that it was um, ratified, and it had to do with slavery, Correct. That's right. Uh, so for the, the first 150 years or so uh, in the United States, it, there was a concept of citizenship. The, the Constitution clearly uh, envisions citizenship and natural-born citizenship, but it didn't define it. The problem that we ran into after the Civil War uh, was that uh, citizenship was essentially considered a, a state thing, where you were a citizen of your state first. And so what a lot of the southern states would do during Reconstruction is say, well, okay, fine, the newly freed slaves, they are not citizens. And, and you had this holding in, in Dred Scott uh, v. Sanford a, about a decade or so earlier saying that, no, they, they were not citizens. And so you, you had a Congress that was trying to figure out how to take uh, these these freed slaves and, and make them citizens under the Constitution uh, because you had people who were lawfully present. They were permanently present in the United States. They didn't owe allegiance to any other country. And so the idea was to make them citizens of the nation and the states therein instead of just leaving it up to the states to determine citizenship. And um, so the debate is, is, has been uh, uh, over those words, subject to the jurisdiction. And um, how is that going to be decided? And, well, I guess, I guess my question would be, could it have been purposely vague so that eventually – Congress would decide. I guess sometimes the court has done that, where they they actually would prefer that legislation would decide it rather than the court. Uh, well, so there there are two things there. It's, you know, what did the original Congress who passed it intend with it? And I think there there is a very good argument, and in fact, I would consider it probably the better textualist. Uh, argument, or sorry, the, the better originalist argument, to, to understand what it originally meant. And when you look at the the debates behind it, and the context of of them uh, of Congress trying to essentially constitutionalize a previous piece of of legislation doing the same thing, uh, that really what they meant by subject to the jurisdiction thereof, and many of the senators at the time say this, is that they meant a complete. Uh, subjection to the complete jurisdiction of the United States, uh, not just you know someone who is temporarily in the United States or someone who owes allegiance to another foreign nation, uh, but somebody who, like the newly freed slaves, 
does not owe foreign allegiance to a foreign power or, in the case of Native Americans, to a, a tribal entity, uh, but is permanently residing in the United States, owes their allegiance to the United States, and has that complete tie of being completely subject to all of its laws and, and owing this this comprehensive duty to it. Um, now, that's different from, you know, how do we go about saying what has the Supreme Court decided on this? Uh, and the answer there is, is a little bit different. Uh, and I can get into that if you'd like me to as well. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say that you know, you hear this, you hear the arguments about this, the Second Amendment. Uh, the people who don't like the um, the idea of the Second Amendment and try to read into it what they want to read into it, and they will tell you that well, the founders, you know, every the only thing anybody had back then was a musket. They they didn't um, they didn't know about AR-15s, uh, and you know the argument against that argument is that well, that's it's a it's a basic right and it doesn't change with equipment or time or it's just it's it's a it's an eternal right. So. With this, with the um, the Fourteenth Amendment, did 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 or could the founders uh, or the the people the, the court at that time, I should say, could it have uh, foreseen p- people just coming to the country for the sole purpose of giving birth to a child, so that it could become a citizen, and then that could make it easier for them somehow to gain entry into the country and stay here and get the benefits? That's a long question, but. I hope you see what I'm getting at here. Yeah, let me see if I can and break that down a little bit. And it is important to remember that at the time that the 14th Amendment was was ratified, there really was not a concept of illegal immigration. There were not laws restricting immigration at that time. And, and as you mentioned, it was a very different context in, in terms of, um, you know, people were less likely to cross the ocean to come to America just to, to go back, um, though it did happen. Um, you know, generally speaking, there was more of a permanency to residence generally. Uh, but the other thing we can look at here is, is what has the Supreme Court done in that time? And in, in the first 20, 30 years after the ratification of the 14th Amendment, there were two big cases uh, in which the Supreme Court really dealt with this issue. The first was Elk v. Wilkins, uh, in, which dealt with a Native American who was born into tribal lands and left you know, left his tribal ties and, and said, look, no, I'm an American citizen. I want to vote in a state election. Uh, and the Supreme Court said, no, you're not a U.S. citizen. At the time you were born, you were, you were born into tribal authority. You were subject to the authority and, and the sovereignty of your tribe. And, and that means that you are not completely subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, even though you were born in the geographical boundaries. Uh, so that kind of gives us some hint as to you know what it means to be subject to the jurisdiction thereof. You know, it means something more than just being born in the United States on American soil. In the second case, and this is the case that many uh, proponents of universal birthright citizenship will point to, is a case called United States v. Wong Kim Ark in 1898. And that had to do with the U.S.-born child of of Chinese nationals who had been living in the United States legally and basically permanently for about 20 or 30 years at that point. Uh, so that adult child leaves to visit China, he tries to come back, and he's denied entry. And he goes, well, what do you mean you can't deny me entry? I'm, I'm a United States citizen. And in that case, the Supreme Court agrees. The Supreme Court says in a very narrow holding that if you are a U.S.-born child of resident aliens who are lawfully residing in the United States and permanently residing in the United States, you are subject to the jurisdiction of the United States in that full, complete sense, and your children are American citizens. But it didn't say anything beyond that. You know, what if it's an illegally residing alien? What if it is a non-permanently residing alien? Uh, and in that case, the court was silent. And so for the last hundred or so years, you've kind of had just this silence where the, the government has has acted you know not necessarily under under the confines of the court but we've just kind of assumed for purposes of you know government functioning that it is the case we're going to treat everyone born here as though they're a citizen we're talking to amy swear of uh, the legal policy analyst at the heritage foundation uh, it, it's that it's very uh, not too many people are going to uh, get out their history books or or go to the law school and and uh, find a law book or do the uh, do the homework uh, 
to find out the origin of this amendment and uh, all the different interpretations in the various cases, uh, this is going to come down to, I don't think somebody who was born to an illegal alien should be an, a, a citizen. And so uh, I, President Trump now says he's planning an executive order. Is that going to work? Uh, well, you know, it's hard to gauge that because we don't have the text of the executive order in front of us. We don't have an idea you know, as to the scope or what he's purporting to do with it. Uh, what we can say is that you know, the, the president does have the constitutional authority to direct the executive agencies uh, to, to act in accordance with a good faith interpretation of the citizenship clause. So, so in other words, you know, for purposes of uh, directing agencies to give out passports or social security numbers, uh, it would be within the scope of his constitutional authority to say, look, our interpretation of this fairly unclear clause that the Supreme Court hasn't clarified, that Congress hasn't clarified, is that since we're not sure, we're only going to to treat as citizens those individuals whose status as citizens is clear under current case law, um, which would be the U.S.-born children of, of United States citizens and permanently residing legal aliens, uh, which we would see you know, under the case law that we talked about. Um, so that, that is something that uh, there are certainly arguments that he has the ability to do that. But again, it, it is hard without knowing exactly what that executive order will say uh, to, to know how that would play out in court. So it's not going to happen tomorrow. But if he if he decided to issue that executive order tomorrow, what happens? Does uh, first of all, liberals heads will explode. Uh, and even though Harry Reid, by the way, I think uh, a few years back, said that he thought that it shouldn't be a birthright, uh, you know, shouldn't he, he was against anchor babies, I guess is what they're called. So but if tomorrow Donald Trump were to issue his executive order, what happens next? Well, uh, you would almost certainly see lawsuits uh, immediately. The, this would almost certainly be played out in court. I, again, because we don't really know what the executive order would say, the, the specifics of what the lawsuit would be over is, is hard yeah. uh, to imagine. Um, but it, almost certainly there would be injunctions that they would try to have issued to stop the law from going into effect uh, until the Supreme Court can, can rule on it and kind of deal with that issue and flesh it out. Um, but it, again, it, it's just hard to say where it will go other than the fact that it's likely to take the same path as, uh, say, the, the the previous executive order regarding immigration from certain countries and, and putting a halt on that, uh, you know, where you'll have various courts going back and forth until ultimately the Supreme Court deals with it. Um, but again, the specifics are, are hard to tell at this point. So... Um could it be that the the talk of the executive order is just a way to kind of start the conversation? Uh, would Donald Trump have thought it out to that degree, do you think? And, to, uh, you know, just eventually because he thinks it needs to be tested and he wants to get it resolved? Or is it just a purely political move on his part, do you think? I, I can't read the president's mind. I, I do know that this has been something the president said repeatedly throughout his campaign that, that he was focused on doing. Uh, he's hinted at executive orders uh, during his campaign for that uh, and looking at various legal routes that he could take. Uh, it certainly has had an effect in Congress. Uh, Lindsey Graham came out uh, just today, that this morning, saying that he wanted to introduce legislation uh, to go through Congress to, to that effect, to eliminate birthright citizenship, um, which, again, because we don't have the text of that bill, I, it's hard to know exactly what it would purport to do. Uh, my guess is it would be something to the, the effect of, uh, of stating congressional intent that it, this is how we understand the 14th Amendment to, to mean and how it should be applied in regards to certain subsets of of individuals such as the children of illegal immigrants or non-permanent resident aliens. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't read the president's mind, right. but it is certainly having both a political effect, uh, it, but it is something that he has talked about repeatedly in the past. Could you make a case for this being a good move if nothing else comes of it other than it just finally being cleared up? I mean, it, it certainly would be, I think, good for everyone to have it cleared up. It, it's something that Congress has had the opportunity in the past to, to clear up. Uh, it's something that the courts have not really touched before, and, and this, in many ways, might direct that conversation and, and 
kind of force its its conclusion. Uh, though again, that's all speculative because we don't know what that executive order will say and, and what issues it will raise. Um, but yeah, it, it's again, I without that text, it's just hard to know. I got a little less than a minute, Amy. Uh, should conservatives be uncomfortable with the idea of executive orders like this, no matter what the the reason? I think in, in this limited case where it is the, the president saying, look, within the scope of my presidential authority, this is a very unclear area of law where the Supreme Court has not ruled, uh, where Congress has not clarified it. This is not the president trying to make policy necessarily. It is him saying, look, I, I have the job to uh, to enforce the law, to enforce the Constitution. It is unclear what it means in this regard. And so I'm going to utilize this good faith interpretation. And that's a far cry from you know, saying he's not enforcing the law or that he's ignoring uh, the law, which is something that we saw with, with DACA uh, and, and other sorts of deferred action policies where it was just this attempt to ignore the law and not enforce it. Um, it, it really is this different, uh, limited focus of it's unclear what the what the correct interpretation is, at, at least in regard to it hasn't been clarified. Uh, and, and so it is something that is certainly within his purview to do. Hey, Amy, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you clearing that up for us. I think it's cleared up, but at least it's cleared up more for me than it was 15 minutes ago. I appreciate it. All right. Always great being with you. Okay, thank you. And we will be back, and we're going to hear Hillary Clinton say something that if Donald Trump said it, uh, everybody's hair would be on fire. Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year, and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer. Giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Bro. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. He can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. 
1250 Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping, like today. Stay road ready for half the price. Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw will change your oil and filter for half off at just $19.95. For repair and maintenance, ASC certified techs, Napa parts, and a fair price, go with Green Apple Auto Works in Glenshaw. Log on now to TheAnswerPGH.com, keyword shopping. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. The Johnson. Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So Hillary Clinton was being interviewed, I don't know by whom, and she does way too many interviews, but just imagine if uh, Donald Trump had uh, said what she said yesterday. I don't think it's politically correct to say we value that. And, and I don't want to go around insulting people. I don't want to paint with a broad brush. Every immigrant is this. Every African-American is that. Every, you know, other person with, you know, different religious beliefs or whatever you know, that is, that's childish. What do you think of Cory Booker's, and you didn't comment on him, and you feel free? Oh, I, I adore yeah, him. What do you think about him saying, kick them in the shins, essentially, start to get to that kind of political... Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. Oh, Eric Holder, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. No, they don't. <laughs> Everybody oh, laughed. It was two black guys, and you know what? It's nothing, but it's it's a meaningless thing. She made a joke trying to make, uh, make a joke about the whoever was interviewing her possibly being racist, and she was trying to be funny, and it was nothing. But if it had been said, and, and there are people out there, of course, saying that now that she's a racist for saying it, which is absolutely insane. Another example of the word being overused, misused. But if Donald Trump had said it, it would be all over CNN and MSNBC nonstop. So don't beat up Hillary over it, but just understand that if it had been Trump, it's everywhere. And I just want to say, I asked on Twitter 33 minutes ago for someone to give me an example of why Donald Trump is considered anti-Semitic by so many people. Still waiting at Stagger World. Not one example. Uh, you got all night. I'll be back tomorrow and I'll be asking again to see if I come up with one example. I don't get it. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. And we will see you tomorrow. This is uh, John Stagerwald Show on AM 1250 The Answer. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.